Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to yet again another awesome interview. We are keeping it geekly with our brand new guest, Chris Hill of Rapture Burgers. We're going to be breaking down the Kickstarter for his brand new manga. It's going to be a post-apocalyptic sci-fi comedy about a high school student trying to take over the world. And I had the chance to read the preview pages on Global Comics. And wow, this was such an interesting uh, interesting story. I really dig uh, the what you're trying to build uh, with not only the protagonist, but the world around it. Chris, this was awesome, man. How are you? Welcome to today's stream. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. Well, you know, it's 9 a.m. out here in California, so I'm whoa, bright and early. Yeah. Morning voice, which is great for uh, podcasts and stuff. Yeah, a little extra. Uh, but you know, it's um, I'm working on that Kickstarter promoting. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's going well enough so far. Um, I had a uh, it's been a few years since I've really done promotion for anything, so uh, I did a long campaign to kind of uh, get back on the bicycle. You know. Mm -hmm. Um, because um, I talk about this in the video on the Kickstarter, this is sort of a uh, retelling of uh, an original graphic novel series that I had done uh, years in the past. And uh, so yeah, I took a break from making comics and now I'm back making this new version of it and this new format even. So uh, was the first uh, version of it in a comic format? It was, um, it was drawn by an American artist uh, named Mimi Alves. And um, the, the style is, is sort of interesting. It's almost like a Nickelodeon-ish uh, square <laughs> heads and stuff like that. Um, but we did about three volumes of it, actually. Wow. We, we got two physical print runs, and we were selling them at uh, Kamikaze, which is now LA Comic-Con. Um, and we were doing okay. Um, I just, um, we were working on a fourth volume that we didn't quite finish. And I got tied up in trying to uh, turn it into an animated series for a couple years, uh, which was going pretty well. We got some animation done. We got some voice work done. Um, but things sort of shifted. And I continued to work in the background on the animation side. Mm -hmm. But um, I decided that I wanted to take everything that I had learned. Because I, I had started the original Rapture Burgers, like, writing it when I was, like, 19. I'm, what like, was it called? Uh, the first name? Rapture Burgers. Okay, so. I gotcha. Um, but, uh, I mean, I started writing when I was like 19 or 20 and just sort of kept evolving and evolving mm -hmm. and sort of our starting point was sort of a silly web comic that was supposed to be a punchy joke at the end of every page. And then it turned into, oh no, this is like a sprawling epic about <laughs> more than just like silly comedy stuff. And, and, you know, in retrospect, I'm like, we made it work the best we could. Mm-hmm. But I was taking a lot of influence from manga in the first place, uh, and actually Scott Pilgrim for a bit of it. And, um, you know, I started studying Japanese a few years back, like seriously studying, like one-on-one -on -one tutor four times a week, like seriously. Oh, okay, studying. yeah, you're putting that work in. And uh, I sort of used the opportunity to find a way to reach out to a Japanese artist and start working with them because I was like, you know, what I always really wanted to do was like a manga. So, mm -hmm. um, so did you communicate to them in Japanese or were they able to talk to you in uh, English? Uh, so Pepper, the, the artist uh, goes by Pepper. Mm -hmm. They uh, they speak some English, but not enough English for us to actually converse like normally. Uh, sometimes we'll, we'll get on cam and like have a conversation in, in simple English, but I also try to practice Japanese and I read 
their Japanese a lot or I try to listen to their Japanese、mm-hmm. a lot.、Um, for a while, we had、um, an interpreter translator helping us out a lot to communicate.、Uh, but lately, I think we've reached a point where I understand enough Japanese.、Um, And they understand enough English that we're getting by and using people in the middle to help us if we don't understand something. So, how's that feel though? Like when you first started this in comic format, now you're actually like using Japanese to talk to a Japanese artist to create it in, in manga format. Like, how's that feel for you?、Uh, just like, I guess, reflecting back on that.、Um, it's, it keeps it feeling fresh, I guess, because、um, I mean, to, to go back to like the whole progression of this. It started out as like a text document on my p- desktop PC where I had written an ending.、Uh, and then my youngest sibling helped me with character designs.、Um, and then we spent years just sort of kicking ideas around, trying to do the first two chapters that I had written of like a very rough story.、Um, and then eventually, in like 2012 or 2013, I met Mimi Alves, who is, was the artist for the.、Um, American like graphic novel version,、mm-hmm. and we spent like six years working on it. And like I said, we went through like three whole volumes. So even just that was like, ah, we're making so much progress suddenly. <laughs> so it all kept feeling fresh because I was like, well, I've never been to this stage before, I've never、mm-hmm. been to this step.、Uh, and then going to the animation, also, that's a whole new experience, and having to. Rewrite the the beginning of the story、um, and try to like write out season summaries for like six seasons、uh, and, and flesh out characters and change things.、Um, so it's it felt like a just a continual, like, even though the the actual story itself hasn't changed that much and it's the same premise,、uh, everything around it keeps changing.、Mm-hmm. And that's the only way I haven't gotten like, ugh, I'm sick of doing this. Because now we're like, oh, well, now I'm working with an artist and communicating in English and Japanese. And、um, because I can't draw for anything, I draw stuff. Yeah, me either. That's <laughs> about all I can do.、Um, I'm at the whim of the artist interpreting my words and my story. And every time I see a new artist do it, I'm like, oh, oh this is like a different world. Like, this is, this is totally different. And、uh, sort of matching with an artist takes time for me to get to the point where I just trust them and they understand sort of what I mean and what、mm-hmm. the vision is. And it's also me adjusting to they're going to interpret my description of a confused face a different way. Or oh, yeah, yeah. Spe- yeah, yeah. The,、um, real quick, though, I, I do want to dive in.、Uh, you were doing some animation with the first comic. Like, what happened with that? Like, it sounded like you had like, a lot, like, you, you had the voice actors, you had some of the animation done. You said you rewrote some of the beginning part. Like,、uh, so it sounded like you were right there.、Um, yeah, so this, this sort of goes back to it's easier to make something than to get it sold.、Uh, mm-hmm. Which I feel the same way about comics. Like, I can make comics all day, but like, selling it is the hard part. Advertising and marketing it, that's the hard part for me.、Um, so, with the animation, I partnered with an American animation studio who kind of gave me a good deal of we'll work on it when we have time and,、mm-hmm. you know, therefore for a lower cost. So,、um, I approached them wanting to do like a minute and a half, like an opening animation sequence,、um, just to advertise the comic and stuff like that. And that grew into five minutes because they said, well, one and a half minutes, not that much. So let's do five minutes. And then that grew into, let's just do the whole pilot. 
um, so even that process was I wrote a minute and a half, then I wrote five minutes, and then I rewrote five minutes like ten times, and then oh, I no. wrote a <laughs> twenty-two minute pilot, and then rewrote that a bunch of times because there's um, especially by that point I had expanded the story so much that it was like okay sure it's about Camille trying to take over the world but it's also this post-apocalyptic world there's like an omniscient voice that speaks to him there's like multiverse shenanigans later on there's like a lot of different layers of stuff that happens and and it's easy to get caught up in like ah but we want to show all of that in Mm -hmm. five minutes we want to show parts of all of that and I was like you can't do that Uh, and there's also like a bunch of different characters who show up later um, and so the rewriting and rewriting was working with the sort of animation director who was like, well, we should show this stuff. And I was like, okay, well, I'll try. And ah, we're not happy with that. Let's try again. Um, and when we eventually got to the pilot, uh, we reused most of the animation that we had done for the five minute segment and expand that, expanded that into 22 minutes and... Um, we got an animatic done for all 22 minutes. Like I have mm-hmm. a full animatic and uh, I, I helped do the scratch track. So I recorded a bunch of the voices myself with some of my friends. Uh, but then we did hire a few actors. Like only one was notable and I can't say his name because his agent would be mad at him. But, um, you know, we went through this whole process. Like I went to recording studios. I like edited the script on the fly. Yeah. Like, all that stuff. Um, and at the end of the day, there are really great parts of the pilot. Um, but as a whole, it was still trying to do a little too much. And it was a little patchworky because we were reusing parts of animation mm-hmm. from another co- concept effectively. Um, and I just was sort of like, well, not super happy with how it ended up and you know we were trying to get our foot in the door with like warner brothers or hbo or netflix and we just weren't getting the kind of traction we wanted to even get in the door to pitch um so i eventually just sort of started to branch out and found a different like executive producer level person that i started to work with and we went back to scratch we rewrote the pilot again completely from scratch uh, wrote a pitch deck and we did actually get to pitch it to Warner Brothers a couple times um, and you know again it's sort of easier to make something than it yeah is yeah I mean dude I, when I was listening to that I, I could only imagine just how tedious that felt having to rewrite everything over and over especially like trying to milk like that much of an episode from like your original like one minute you know animation and trying to force that out um man that would have been like just so much work um how did you feel about like revising it though like with someone else and and like do you think that ended up being a lot better of a product uh it depends on the person you're working with because um you know some people have a different story sense they value different aspects so there was a strong push from a few different people really that what we should really go forward with is Camille got broken up with. That's relatable. And since he got broken up with, that's why he's trying to take over the world. And it's like, well, if you go forward with that as like the leading aspect, does that sound misogynistic at all? If what we're saying is the sole reason why he wants to take over the world is get revenge on a woman. And I was like, no, let's not do that. Um, but it just depends on the person you're working with because they have different ideas of what mm-hmm. is valuable, what might sell. And uh, I I was happy with um, the, the producer I landed with most recently. 
I uh, he he has a good story since that matches with mine, and so his feedback was very helpful. Um, it, it was sort of respecting the vision that I was trying to put forward in the new pilot that I was writing, but saying like, ah, but you know, you should have a moment like this between Camille and Rose, or you should uh, tell like show us at the beginning sort of where this is going, so mm -hmm. we're hooked a little. Um, so I I did find that very very helpful and uh, because the way it started originally was just that as a sort of gag that didn't really foreshadow anything and it was very rough and the humor really wasn't there so I was very happy to redo the beginning especially and, and get it to a point where I'm like yeah I want to show this off this is something yeah I'm yeah so uh, I mean we talked about the animation what about the original comic you said you had three volumes of it out was it at this point that you decided to kind of rewrite it into a manga format or when did that transition happen well um, yeah so we had finished the three volumes and honestly I took a break um, I had been at conventions exhibiting I had it on Amazon and it when I was physically in person selling the book I could get good traction mm -hmm. but the online marketing was rough um, and I'm one person, you know, I'm, I'm the sole person funding and like pushing this forward. It's hard. Yeah. So if I'm like focused on the animation, then I can't focus on selling books as much. Yeah. And so that that's basically when I took a break from the comic side for like two or three years and just didn't really try to sell it, didn't really do anything with it. Um, and it was after all the experiences rewriting, summarizing the story as six seasons and not a movie, but um, really breaking down. Was the down movie the whole... your original like plan? No, no. That's uh, We talked about, could we make it into a trilogy of movies? And I was like, maybe. I could condense a lot of stuff and cut a lot of stuff out. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's always been meant... Well, I say it evolved into... Uh, the intention was that it's a story that needs a lot of room to breathe and build out. And um, so it's after a few years and working with all the animation stuff and getting a better sense of what is the story as a whole? How am I going to start the story that I decided, you know, the, the art was like evolved in the original graphic novel. Like it evolved from this is very rough to this is more polished. This looks like a unique style. And so eventually, like, we got to a point where I think we were all happier with the art style, mm -hmm. but we were definitely growing. And it's just me looking back at it wasn't the um, I wasn't at a place as a writer where I could write it the way that I really wanted. And we evolved at, with the art for a long time. And basically, I was like, you know, I really I really want to tell this story one way or another, the sort of the director's cut or the way I intend to tell it. And if I'm going to retell it, I want to do it in the style that I have always wanted to do. Mm hmm just manga like with the japanese artists and so that that was sort of like you know what if i'm gonna redo it this is the only way i'm gonna redo it yeah and so what uh what's like held you back from like hiring someone to kind of help you take some of that workload off your shoulders like, is, uh, you know is there any reasoning behind it well so what it depends on the kind of position that that you mean because again it's all out of my own pocket and it's sort of at my own pace which is yeah amazing. i gotcha I, I mean like you know someone maybe to help you kind of sell the, the the animation while you're working on the comics or vice versa you know uh someone to kind of just take some of that load off your shoulder um the ideal person to do that would be like an agent or a manager to, mm -hmm. to sell the animation 
and we tried to get in the door with some agents and managers and talent agencies and um that's an uphill battle uh a lot of the agents and managers are like let me know when you sell your show and then i'll come on oh <laughs> it's the way entertainment works yeah it's, yeah um, i get i gotcha and now there's been a lot more um networking on twitter and stuff where you might be able to find like a graphic novel agent or manager mm -hmm. if you look hard enough as a writer and if they like your story pitch um and honestly after a while because we submitted to publishers with the original like we went through that whole process and after a while i was like you know what i'm gonna will this into existence by force yeah like, yeah out of spite that's basically sure that dude that's basically how this podcast happened was out of spite as well and it was one of those things where a lot of times like i just was got up and i was like i need to do this because it needs to get done like it's not going to get done if it if i don't do it and um i don't know like for me like i i definitely can respect like taking it all on the shoulders and and, and carrying it yourself it, it does get overwhelming though doing the social media stuff because like you almost have to spend so much time like marketing your stuff on social media that like like what time's left like it's like you you wish you had that time to work on it and spend a little time media uh, like social media in it you know yeah and lately uh things the good thing that i will say is mimi when when they were working on the graphic novel version basically i could send pages over and i would get them back in a week or two and then i wow. would do them so for me as a non-artist uh the actual production part of it has become more hands-off Mm -hmm. uh, like uh, right now for the manga version, we have a Discord server and I review the pages when they're ready and give any notes. And otherwise, like Pepper is also very independent and does a lot of great work on their own. Uh, we brought in an assistant to help offload some of the work from Pepper to do like um, shading, tonings, 3D models for backgrounds, stuff like that. And um, you know the hope is that we can become sort of autonomous and they can they understand what i'm asking for um where the the heaviest part for me is writing the script which i do in advance by a long shot mm -hmm. like i have like three whole scripts ready to go and we're still working on the first one um so i i i get ahead of the writing by by a lot and then after that months and months it's just waiting on the art waiting on like reviewing the art so I actually do have time to work on other things, but of course I also have a full-time day job. Yeah, um, yeah. And I'm like, have other responsibilities and do martial arts and all that Ooh, stuff. Well, what martial arts do you do? Uh, it's uh, called Shinkendo. It's a um, Japanese sword martial art that- That's awesome. If you know Iaido at all, it's similar to Iaido, but um, there's a whole philosophy behind it, but- yeah, the, like the swords behind me are uh, for use swords that I use for. Uh, we do target cutting for, you know, to check your form to make yeah, with sure. Yeah, uh, with the bamboo stalks? Or, um, uh... It's tatami mats. So, like the floor mats that are used in Japan, we use mm -hmm. the top part of it. And we also do cut bamboo. Um, but, like, these are uh, one of those swords is like a 300 year old Edo era sword. That is other... so cool, dude. Uh, the other are from the show era, like seventies and eighties. But yeah, um, it's yeah, fun. I, uh, yeah, I do. I, I do a little bit myself. Uh, we do a uh, stand up martial arts uh, kenpo. Uh, I do oh, it with yeah. my my my, uh, my daughter. She does it with me, and then. I have uh, two little boys I'm trying to, they, they mostly are just like wrestling with each other on the mats, <laughs> but um, yeah, we're actually working. Uh, we already got uh, our yellow belt, so we've been uh, studying and trying to get the next belt up. Um, and I, I mostly did it to kind of just get my daughter into it, you know? Yeah. I knew she would do it if I did it alongside with her, um, but it's fun, you know? I love it. I love just like how discipline it makes you and everything. 
yeah, it's a good community too. Um, and and especially during the pandemic, it was a great way. I'm gonna leave the house three times a week for two mm-hmm. hours at a time, and I'm gonna interact with people who don't live in my house. That is so cool, though. It's, I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to learn uh, the, the swords and and stuff. And I just don't think it's around my area. I'm in like I'm in like not the sticks in Ohio, but like we're surrounded by corn in a lot of the regions yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I'm from Oklahoma originally, and uh, like I think I took one kendo class uh, when I was in Oklahoma City for a couple years, and decided that wasn't really for me because kendo is a sport. That mm-hmm. thing is, and I was like like boxing eh, i don't really want to do a sport um so i waited until i moved to la and then finally was like all right i'm gonna go for it um so it's a lot of fun it's a very interesting like you learn a lot about culture there is a discipline aspect Mm -hmm. there is a like you're never gonna get into a sword fight just let's just say that up front you're never gonna get into a sword fight so leave your like illusions outside Mm mm-hmm um, yeah, I mean, because what are the odds you're going to be walking on the subway, right? <laughs> packing packing your katana and someone else has theirs? Yeah, in t- only in Texas where you can open carry swords. That's the only <laughs> place in my... I, do, do, you, do you do it like a pack of you guys just randomly going down to Texas every now and then? Like, no. you never know. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh, we also do like bojutsu, so staff work and stuff. And I'm like, more likely I would use that, like... I'm hiking or something and I have a five foot pole or a six foot pole. Mm-hmm. That's the more likely thing I would use. All right. I'm, I'm good at getting off tangent. Let me reel it back. Let me bring yeah. it back. So <laughs> let's kind of start breaking this down before we get into the Kickstarter. You know what, you know, what was behind Rapture Burgers? Cause that is such an interesting name. And I also want to go over the name uh, for uh, um, our protagonist and, and Rose as well. You know, any significant meaning behind those names too? Uh, yeah. So Rapture Burger is the name. Uh, so naming things is hard is yeah. the first part. Uh, <laughs> if you've ever been in a room like, what do we call this? Imagine uh, having a kid. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be their name for the rest of their life. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's much worse. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to name yeah. this one Rapture Burger. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I grew up in Oklahoma, which is part of the Bible Belt and stuff. And Adam, uh, who is co-writer, uh, not present, may he rest in peace in Oklahoma. Uh, he, uh, he went to, um, a very Christian university and had a, he knows a decent amount just from going to that university, but, um, some of the undertones in Rapture Burgers are sort of neutral, deep cut references to some biblical things to, um, just, just as part of American culture, there are some, some parts of American culture and depending on where you live they're more ingrained than you'd think. Mm-hmm. And so we started to slip in little references and little bits, but um, we originally had the idea to call it something like mad, like mutually assured destruction, but you're like, that's a terrible name. Uh, <laughs> and as we started to, to build the world out, we started to say like, all right, so this is post-apocalyptic. Is it also sci-fi? Is it like dystopian fiction? Because one of the tropes of sci-fi and dystopian futures is like there's a mega corporation. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Wallace Corporation and Blade Runner. You know, there's uh, Wayland Yutani and Aliens Universe. So you're like, ah, yeah, there can be a mega corporation. And this is part of building out the backstory of mm-hmm. how did we get to a post-apocalypse? What happened exactly? Uh, why are there space elevators? Because I'm a 
sci-fi like i'm a sci-fi nerd and i put space elevators in it um and so we sort of landed on what if there's this ominous sounding company called the rapture corporation <laughs> that has some sort of religious undertones to mm -hmm. it um because like rapture corporation is an ominous name and building up from there because they sound evil they sound like dystopian like yeah. world. <laughs> and i would not want to eat their burgers <laughs> no. yeah and so uh i describe them as a mixture of like walmart and raytheon Mm -hmm. So they're like a, a defense contractor who makes weapons, but they also sell home goods. And the natural offshoot of that was, what if they had a fast food restaurant too? Mm -hmm. And it was Rapture Burgers, which is a weird, ominous sounding name for a burger restaurant. But um, we were also kind of going for this heightened, uh, silly reality, especially mm -hmm. originally, like the high school is Attila the high school just because um and there were silly background businesses um and and signs for like a veterinary clinic that was half off neutering um <laughs> we were just throwing silly stuff in the background to was that from uh your uh your uh, days uh creating the uh comics that always ended with a punch like yes. taking that and throwing that into it yeah yeah there was a lot of it that came from that um but it was also to put this heightened silly world around it to say this is a sort of silly fun post-apocalypse instead of being like grim dark mm -hmm. and we wanted to convey that tone especially in the original graphic novel is that this is more of a fun light-hearted version of the post-apocalypse where silly things happen and we can keep a light tone and then punch you in the gut later yeah because that's all we do <laughs> uh, and um so we we sort of um there's a, a a little bit of a pivotal moment later on where camille ends up working at a rapture burgers and starts to suspect that the rapture corporation is trying to conquer the world which is his game by the way they're, mm -hmm. they're his competition at that point and um you know this is sort of like uh okay so we call it rapture burgers i mean it's a catchy name it's a weird name uh, you you will later come to maybe understand that it was an important plot point, but yeah. more than anything, it's an interesting, like catchy name that everybody remembers. And um, now I can also say it goes in the long tradition of like titles for manga. Like, why is it called Bleach? Anybody know why it's called Bleach? Or no, why? I've never thought of that. Nobody well, knows. Attack on Titan, though. That's kind of you know. That's what they do. They no, no, no. So Attack on Titan is actually a pun because um, the in in Attack on Titan universe, eventually it comes out that Aaron's Titan is called the Attacker Titan. Oh, it's translated okay. into English. And the creator made a pun based on, ah, Attack on Titan, Attack on Titan. And that's the origin of that name. No, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. We have a uh, Doctor Hino four one nine over on YouTube saying this looks fantastic. Oh, this is the wait. Just wait till we dive into the Kickstarter. This is yeah. Those are just the preview pages. Um, so uh, our protagonist and Rose are those like influenced by flowers? Um, so Camille, so Camille is based on me personality wise originally. Um, well, I meant the names, the influences for the names. Oh, the name. Okay, so part as part of the design process. Um, we decided that we wanted to use basis of re uh, like me and my friends, but 
we weren't going to use our real names and mm-hmm. Camille specifically should not look like me. And so if he wasn't going to be me and if he wasn't going to look like me, what should his name be? And uh, I'm also a big Gundam fan. Dude, um, hey, hey, check this out. Let me show you. Got a whole wall of kits that I've built right there. Oh, nice. I actually yeah. had a glass case full of like dozens and I had gotten into airbrushing and all that stuff. See, I wanna, I'm too OCD. Like the stickers, like I have my scalp, I put the sticker on and if it's just off, I hate it. I can't imagine messing yeah. up with paint. Well, and that was a problem is I got too into the <laughs> airbrushing and it just halted all my progress and I just gave up because I was like, oh, I can't do this anymore. Uh, but anyway, I'm a huge Gundam fan and Zeta Gundam, the protagonist's name is Camille. Okay, it's yeah. Okay. Uh, and there was also the gag about like, uh, you know, he got teased Camille's girl's name and he like raged out and mm-hmm. like that was the start of that plot is that he punched a military officer for confusing his name with the girl's name. Uh, so I was like, yeah, let's do that. Let's let's roll with Camille, but sm- spell it with a C. You know, I'm I'm not to interrupt you, but like now that I'm thinking about it, when uh, he was fighting the kaiju, uh, I was like, this looks oddly familiar. I'm wondering if this has any influence. <laughs> oh yeah, huge huge giant robot fan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, in the original graphic novel, like in the first few chapters there is a little bit of sensitivity about his name because i was like i'm making reference to that but it's mostly gotten dropped and so his name is carried forward as just camille that's Mm -hmm. who he is his name is camille uh and rose her name comes from hmm. so the original 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 seed for the is he's going to take over the world concepts comes from um uh my high school girlfriend after we broke up joked that i was going to conquer the world one day and that was just a running gag that we had for a number of years that i was going to conquer the world one day and um so she became the inspiration for rose originally and um her middle name was rose and so we ran oh my god does she have any idea yeah no she she was very aware of it for especially the original graphic novel run and uh was fine with that that's so funny. Do you any 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 plans to kill her off? <laughs> no, no. Uh, Rose is a very important character in the story. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and in fact, it, things just get wild and crazy uh, the further into the story you get, because like the the whole goal is to start from this sort of innocuous place of mm-hmm. they're in high school. Camille is totally harmless. He's just a bumbling idiot, like a rom-com protagonist. He doesn't know any better. He just does dumb things and fails his way upwards and gets closer and closer to his goal. But like shit hits the fan later and it just gets mm-hmm. really crazy. And that's the part I'm really excited for people to see. So I, I was really, uh, it, it was really humorous though in the beginning when he got broken up with, he almost thought that was a joke. Is that like what happened to you too? No, no. <laughs> I was like, damn dude, my man. <laughs> no, luckily, um, Camille and Rose really started to veer off of their inspirations and became their own characters. Um, And we really leaned into Camille is a bad boyfriend. He's really bad boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. He couldn't even remember what flowers she liked. Yeah. 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 After three years, I was like, damn, dude, come on. (laughs) And I'm trying, and I'm like trying to highlight like, no, no, listen, listen, Camille was a terrible boyfriend. That's, that's the joke. But Mm -hmm. Um, to not confuse anybody that like, oh, you know, she Rose is the problem. Like, no, Camille is the problem. 
you, you Chris, and, Chris is like, and don't worry, I will remember the flowers you like. No worries. <laughs> yeah. So um, it definitely, like in the original version, Camille maybe a little bit still reflected me in the er mm -hmm. in the early parts, and there were parts of writing it that. I'd say to Adam, like, you're not even trying. You're just writing me from high school. Like, <laughs> I, I recognize that. And uh... so, uh, real quick, before we dive into the Kickstarter, too, you said you had a co creator with this. Um, now, going, like, moving forward without the co creator, like, how has it been, like, recreating the story, like, without, without his help? Um, well, so I would describe him as sort of a co writer. Um, and that's -writer, sorry. sort of the, the position we land on. He still helps. He actually did co-write the scripts that are being drawn right now. Uh, so it's not that I'm working without him. It's um, he's more reclusive and I gotcha. Uh, I gotcha. Has other things going on. So I'm, I end up being the front man for everything. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause even pepper and it goes back to pepper's English. Isn't that great, but pepper is doing their own kind of promotion on kicks uh, on uh, Facebook and stuff. And we also have our assistant. We also have uh, Rachel, who is a visual consultant, who has been working on the MCU stuff for years. But really? That's cool. I'm the front man. Yeah. I'm the creator. <laughs> hey, well, with that, let's go ahead and start diving into this Kickstarter. And then right here, we are looking at Rapture Burgers Volume 1. Let me go ahead and put that link in all of the chats right here. Guys, be sure to check this out with us. And I mean, there's some really awesome things on here tier wise. Uh, be sure to back. I mean, this is this is a phenomenal book. I, I had it. You can check out the preview for free uh, on Global Comics. 30 pages of a 300 page volume. Um, phenomenal. So this is a post apocalyptic sci fi comedy about a high school student trying to take over the world. We are at three thousand seven hundred and ninety one of twelve thousand. Uh, congratulations on that to be to, to make that in six days. That is phenomenal with uh, 36 backers and 24 days to go. Yeah, thank you. We, our our average pledge is really high, so the people who do back us seem to believe in us a lot, which is great. Yeah, I you know I I wanted to get the digital. Uh, the, the thing is, oh, man, I I try to back when I can, but like in that aspect, I have to spread it out because like there's yeah. so many creators out here. Woo. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, digitals are easy, right? I, I mm -hmm. send it off. And well, um, for for me, I also like the digitals too because I like to do little like previews of uh, comics, like little uh, like my my own little breakdowns of them, mm -hmm. um, and like that way I can like take the pages and like throw them in as a visual effect. And speaking yeah. of visual effect, though, we do have a video here, so let's go ahead and check it out. Um, just to give you a heads up, it'll drain out your side of the volume since everything's through the desktop, so we won't be able to hear you uh, while we play it. Hi, my name is Chris Hill. You may remember me from LA Comic Con where I would loudly ask if you liked world domination from an artist alley table. <laughs> I'm the creator, writer, and self-publisher of Rapture Burgers. Square dance And I'm here it. to talk to you about the <laughs> Rapture Burgers Volume 1 Kickstarter project. Before I get started, I just want to say thank you to those of you who bought the volumes I published in the past, and to clarify that this Kickstarter project is for a brand new iteration of the same story. With that said, for those of you who don't already know, Rapture Burgers is the story of Camille, a below-average high school student who decides to conquer the world. Sometimes we describe the premise of Rapture Burgers as Pinky in the Brain if Pinky were in charge, which allows us to express the core concept without having to get into the details. But Rapture Burgers is so much more than that, 
and the challenge is choosing which parts of the story to highlight. You can find more information about Rapture Burgers on our campaign page, where you can, of course, support us by backing the project. The campaign rewards range from a digital copy of the book to exclusive swag and even a private meeting with the team to talk about whatever Ooh, your heart cool. desires, including how manga is made. We'll even play Mahjong with you if that's your jam. <laughs> with elements of romance, comedy, drama, and a bit of action, we hope there's something for everyone yeah, in right, there was that Burgers, that I was talking about. and we about. can't wait for you to be able to read it. Yeah, 32% of its goal. Congratulations. So, Chris, how do you feel about it right now? Six days in, you're almost at uh, a third of your campaign. Uh, that has to be an awesome feeling. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we were able to reach this point. I, um, like I said, I'm trying to like get my marketing legs back and, and sort of coming out from, uh, I won't say I was in isolation or anything, but I definitely, uh, it's good to, it's, it feels great to like have people come support it and, mm -hmm. I'm really hopeful that we'll we'll reach our goal because part of the the point of this is like, please come look at it, please support us, please pre-order it because I want to know that there are people who want to read it. Yeah, yeah. So let's go ahead and start scrolling down. We have uh, the story right here. It's a sci-fi comedy about love, loss, and a megalomania. Um, you want to go ahead and take the wheel right here and give us a little breakdown? Yeah. Um, do you want me to narrate it? Uh, you can if you want. Yeah. Um, so Rapture Burgers is a sci-fi comedy about love, loss, and megalomania. Your voice is so much better than mine, too. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've done this as a pitch for Network, so I got practice. Uh, our main character, Camille, will change the world as he knows it, all for an honestly not-so-great cause. That cause? To become the next, well, first, unquestioned ruler of the world. And all because an otherworldly voice that only he can hear may have vaguely suggested that it's his destiny. Also, his girlfriend broke up with him, nobody at school respects him, and most importantly, Supreme Emperor of the World has a nice ring to it. <laughs> we sometimes describe the basic premise as Pinky in the Brain if Pinky were in charge. However, instead of an episodic comedy where nothing ever changes, Rapture Burgers is the epic story of Camille's unlikely attempt to rise to power set in a post-apocalyptic world that hasn't quite returned to normal and featuring a diverse cast of unique characters with deep histories and com complex personalities. And then uh, there's actual, like on the Kickstarter link, you could scroll all the way down to check out that 30 page preview that I was talking about as well. I yeah. just wanted to make a note of that. So right here are some of the preview pages. Uh, what's yeah, going on in the scene? What are we looking at right here? Uh, yeah, this actually is not in the 30 page preview. This is um, <laughs> this is a little bit after that. Camille is, has summoned his best friend, Sydney outside and is trying to break the bad news to him that you know this will be very disappointing for you sydney but you know rose broke up with me and oh <laughs> sydney is a very deadpan character who isn't afraid to call camille out on mm -hmm. his like sydney is very very fun character because he gets to be the straight man to camille's sort of like manic rambling and uh, so he gets to poke holes in it every once in a while to just say, oh yeah, you, you sure? You sure it wasn't all of these reasons? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but there's also a little bit Camille's delusion that like, no, I was a great boyfriend. And then Sydney lists out like a variety of reasons, like, you know, a grease fire at birthday party and um, 
there's a whole incident involving Wasp. Stood her up at homecoming? Oh, my God. Into a block of fancy cheddar. (laughs) Wasn't even double cloud jester or anything. Cheap cheddar. Oh, my Uh, goodness. Did you do that? Is that you or no? No, no, no. None of this stuff. (laughs) I was like, damn, my man likes cheese. Uh, yeah, this is all like minor transgressions. I love this part right here too. This is hilarious. Yeah, it's funny because Camille gets to use words bigger than he should know mm-hmm. um, because they're funny, like minor transgressions. And I love uh, Pepper, like their ability to kind of just take these different styles and just implement them. Uh, I love, I love how like right here this looks uh, compared to like you know the the freaking out Fang look. Um, yeah. Awesome and this is, um, I encourage them to do this sort of thing where I, this is one of the things like if you've read Full Metal Alchemist, mm-hmm. uh, it could turn on a like it's turned suddenly into and now they're like SD super deformed cutesy characters. Yeah, or they have like these wild expressions. And that's one of the things I really love about manga is that being able to do that deformation very suddenly and it looks natural. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I definitely encourage them to do more of this stuff to it to emphasize the humor so right now we see um a little bit more of a breakdown where you talk about uh pretty much yeah. what's what what to expect so if you want to take this wheel again you can yeah um you know i already said it once in writing so i'll say it again uh, so of course one does not simply become the supreme leader of humanity so our story begins with camille's flailing attempts to both establish himself as a local despot and win his ex-girlfriend back before going to the big league. Camille's outrageous ambitions will rock the post-apocalypse to its core, exposing long-hidden secrets behind the event that destroyed most of the world and crossing paths with unexpected enemies and allies. With no superpowers to speak of, wits that could only be described as dim, <laughs> and an intellect on par with an excited ferret, Camille will have to ascend to the throne atop the world the only way he knows how, by failing upwards. And in a world that's more fragile than ever, he might just pull it off somehow. Then we get, uh, this is a little bit of a look into the future, right? Uh, yeah. Past that point. This is from like the opening pages. That Which show was us, set like, in uh, 2053, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was the year I chose. Any, uh, any like significance for putting it in that time period? Uh, no. And in fact, it's an alternate history anyway. I have a whole timeline written out that starts in like the 1970s that talks about like uh who were the rapture corporation originally okay uh how did they sort of come into more power uh when were the space elevators built uh and it'll become more clear later that this is an alternate history not based on our own world Mm -hmm. um but it was extrapolating from let's a little bit did come from okay so the year was 2004 when i started this so when was Camille born? When does a story take place? And let's try to set that in real years. And let's set that forward X number of years. So there's I gotcha. There's logical reasoning why it's it goes further into the future, but it's mostly that I made a fictional timeline that yeah. had to be similar to our calendar. So how old do we see uh, Camille at this point? So he's 18 in uh, real time. So, you know, throw five years on that. He's like 23, mm-hmm. 24-ish in, in this future. Um, and a lot of things have changed. You you know, you don't expect to see him sitting on a throne or anything. Yeah, yeah. And uh, switching to fire mode. This uh, 
I'm not going to spoil it, but this uh, gets uh, pretty intense. Yeah, and uh, if you've ever watched uh, Gurren Lagann, um, that was a little bit of like, you know what? They did it successfully where they can flash forward to a future. You have no idea what's happening. Mm-hmm. But later, in retrospect, you realize that it all came together. And I was like, oh, I see. That was from the future where these things happened. And I, I really love Pepper's attention to detail with uh, with all, all this lettering. I can't read Japanese, uh, so I have yeah, no idea. Yeah, we why. actually um, have been working on whether or not we uh, fully translate the sound effects into English and have them redrawn. Because our, our current assistant does a good job at redrawing sound effects. Uh, or if we subtitle them. And so we're we're sort of figuring that out a little bit. You know, as like a consumer standpoint, I think it looks cool. Um, I don't know. I think maybe Berserk, the way they did it was kind of cool, how they had it. And then like they had the word very small, like right next to it, like what it said. Yeah. Uh, and and it, like you could barely notice it, but if you looked, you could tell. Yeah, like in the panel below, we sort of subtitled the, the boom. Yeah, right here. Yeah. Effects. And so we're going back and forth on that because this big one that's like a, a like blast sound, um, does it look good subtitled or should we replace it with like a hand-drawn? Uh, you know, and I think that's like, that's where like, like English, like English just doesn't like look as cool. I mean, I, it just really depends if the lettering's done correctly, it can look cool, but like you can't just have boom, 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 and it look as cool as like, uh, you know, uh, in this case, do, 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 do in Japanese. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I think it adds that, you know, that, that I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Well, we, we sort of said it's like for authenticity because yes. if Pepper is a person drawing it and thinking up the sound effects, it, it's authentic to like the art that they're drawing. Yes. Um, and the good thing is because we're working directly with Pepper and we're not translating this after the fact we actually have access to the same brushes that Pepper is using to draw these effects. So we'll probably try out and maybe ask people like, look, this is redrawn in English using the same brush, roughly in the same style, but does it look lame now that it's in English? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, that's sort of like, cause I can translate all of these and subtitle them, but mm -hmm. if it becomes, um, there are some pages where the sound effect is so integrated into the page that it looks awkward to have a subtitle. So like, do I replace it? Do I like put it as a footnote? Yeah, that is an interesting question. So yeah. right here is, uh, this is the cover, correct? Uh, this might be a cover. This is like a mock-up of a cover. Okay, I got you. So what are we seeing here? So this is, um, there's a little history of this actually. This These are the original drawings that I had Pepper do as a test for whether or not I was gonna work with them uh like making this as a manga okay um so i sent them the old character designs of camille and alex alex is a character on the right and uh said you know draw these in your own style like whatever your own style is draw them and so i was very impressed when they they did them this way and i was like oh okay yeah let's I was like together. you knew like at that moment you finally found your person yeah, and part of it was just sort of um, overcoming the language barrier and also uh, getting a good working relationship built up mm -hmm. where we could really do this. Um, so the, the character designs have changed a little bit. Um, like the characters in the internal art don't look quite the same as this, but this was what they're based on for, for Pepper. So uh, did you uh, give uh, Pepper any description for like a robotic arm? Like was this part of the Alex's uh, design? It is part of Alex's design, and the the thing about, like, because I've done the original one, and then I did a bunch of design phases on the animation, 
I even did a design phase with the studio out of the Philippines who also tested to do it as manga. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had like three different versions of her character design to send. And I also had a, um, a, a very good detailed drawing of both sides of a mechanical arm for Alex that I was able to send as reference. So uh, I didn't have to describe it. I was just able to send like, here's your references, draw from this. That's awesome that they were able to produce this. Like with that, like that's that's so cool. This is such a cool design. Uh, any meaning behind like the different colored eyes or is that, was that just kind of the aesthetic? Uh, for Alex, um, just heterochromia was the aesthetic for her, but mm-hmm. there might be, I don't want to go into too much detail about you're good, like, you're good. histories you're good. and stuff with the characters, but there might be an in-universe reason similar for why does Camille have wings on his head mm-hmm. when nobody else has that sort of thing. There's sort of like mutations, deformations that come from the world that they live in um, that comes into play a little later. And then this kind of gives us a little bit of a breakdown. Uh, yeah, it talks a little bit character. about Alex because she doesn't get enough... Um, you know, because the basic premise is about Camille. She doesn't mm-hmm. get as much uh, detail about her yet. Um, okay. <clears throat> so while Alex wreaks, or sorry, while Camille wreaks havoc inside the safety of his walled town, our second main character, Alex, lives out in the wasteland that makes up most of North America. Alex works for a paramilitary organization called Astrea, whose primary goal is to protect the peace from anarchic wasteland groups which include a rogue gang of lawyers who get really personal with injuries and a cult that worships Bigfoot, the monster (laughs) truck. Our first volume follows Alex on a routine infiltration mission and introduces the wider world that exists outside of Camille's daily life. Of course, Camille's ambitions may put him on Alex and Estrella's radar someday. And then I go on to say, with elements of comedy, drama, and a bit of action, or sorry, and even action, uh, we hope there's something for everyone in Rapture Burgers, and we can't wait for you to be able to read it. So, Alex's story like intertwines with uh, Camille's. Yeah, so it's um the the start of the story is all focused on Camille, and then um, to build out the world outside of his high school and his town, we introduce Alex and the world that she lives in outside and the mm-hmm. mission that she's on. And over time, their stories start to intertwine, and it's it's a, a little bit to say that it's a cat. It's a little bit of a cat and mouse game because Camille starts to disrupt things inside of his town, mm-hmm. and the group that Alex works for happens to be the group that would come stop people like him. I gotcha. And, I gotcha. And how does so, that work out? So it's not like two separate stories. Like her story is going to be still be intertwined within this volume. Uh, within this volume, there'll be a little bit two separate stories. Okay, no, I got you. I just I wasn't sure if maybe there was a whole nother book coming out just for Alex or if that was going to be something where you're integrating her into the story. Uh, she's, yeah, in the original uh, American graphic novel, we didn't introduce her until the second volume. Okay. So like the opening page of the second volume introduced Alex, but this time we're bringing her back to say she's a very, very, very important character. She is legitimately the secondary main character. And so we want to start to tell her story alongside Camille's story and then build them out together and let them intertwine in the natural way that they should. So is this uh, is this the same characters just done in a different uh, style or are these two different characters? That's still Alex on the right, um, just done in slightly different style. Yeah. OK, uh, so this is a whole new character then, too. Yeah. Uh, his name is Jack Jack. Okay. Is, All right. Um, 
someone that Alex meets out in the wasteland and uh, they end up kind of going on adventures and missions together. He's, he's a really cool character who is like unique to the animation and now the manga version. Okay. Yeah, I, I asked that because I noticed like the eyes and I noticed the arms. So I was like, okay, this has to be Alex. Yeah, um, but I was like, I was like, this guy looks nothing like Camille. So I'm wondering if maybe this no, was like no, one no. of those first prototype drawings or not. So is this is your profile picture? Is he is he one of your favorites? Uh, he's become kind of favorite. He's a really kind of cool, would be smooth talking character, but is a little bit not that great at smooth talking. Okay. But, but um, yeah, he's he's gonna be a very interesting character to introduce and sort of flesh out mm -hmm. uh and i'm basically like well i don't want to say too much about him because he's yeah you're fine like so is this like a variant cover then um yeah so i so actually the reason why i have a few different cover mock-ups is because um a friend of mine um works in props and was doing a pilot for uh, an amazon show and said, ah, oh, we need some manga covers or like books that we can clear through legal very easily. Uh, and I was like, I have some, let me mock some <laughs> up real quick. And so I made three um, covers for manga and they originally had like numbers and names on them too mm -hmm. uh, for the artists and stuff. And Do you have so uh, I, the, the third cover on here? I didn't put the third cover okay. on here. I didn't mean to interrupt uh, you because I was, I was, I was going to go look for it to look at it. It's uh, it has Camille like with the dogs and stuff gesturing towards the moon, but oh the 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 wolf picture. Yeah, yeah. There's a version of that that's cut into a cover, but um, they're they're sort of cover mockups to show like we might use something like this. Mm -hmm. uh, but they were also something that I used for that specific request of oh, if you're gonna put it in the background of a pilot, yeah, here use my stuff, please. I could use the publicity. So did that that pilot end up coming out? Uh, it got picked up to a, uh, to a show, but I don't know if it's going to come out anytime soon. And I got you. That's still cool, though. Like, so yeah. you're you're going to have some of your work in there? Hopefully, they might have had That's to remove awesome. it because they asked to debulk the set, but it was there. It was there for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Not many people can say that. So we're looking at another interior page. What's going on right here? Uh, yeah. So the teacher is doing roll call, um, and is surprised by Camille climbing out the window of the classroom, <laughs> um, as you do. And this is this is actually so the preview ends with Camille waking up from his dream. Uh, this is a little bit of a follow up of what does he do after embarrassing himself in front of the class? Mm -hmm. Leave. He, and this is after out. Rose broke up with him, right? Yeah, this is all after Rose broke up with him, and um, this is also highlighting Camille is sort of an idiot. He, See uh, you, suckers! I'm off to jury duty today. Is a trial of my patience. <laughs> and he falls on his face. And then the teacher. <laughs> See, I, I Pepper like the the expressions Pepper was able to portray in this are just phenomenal. I love it. Yeah, it's it's really like I, it's really sort of hitting my like ah my dream. What do mm -hmm. I what, the kind of manga that I want to make? So right here is a breakdown of uh, the campaign as well. So this is just a little summary of of what you're trying to do with it, right? Yeah, um, just to say that. Um, Mm, yeah, with this project, we hope to fund the production of the first volume of the original manga series, Rapture Burgers. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm excited to be working with Pepper, professional manga artist from Japan, to explore the world of Rapture Burgers in a format I've drawn a lot of inspiration from, using the detailed, dynamic style of manga re readers know and love. 
while still being accessible to Western comic fans. I love this scene too. So what was this a kaiju? What, was I right on that? Or was this something um, completely different? Yeah, no, it, you could call it a kaiju because I mean, it's a giant monster. And See, I'm, try, I'm trying to get well more well-versed. So I feel good. That's my first victory for yeah. today. <laughs> and this was um, uh, uh, Pepper's original design. Uh, I said, Badass. there will be a fight between a giant robot and a monster. Come up with whatever you got for a monster. Mm -hmm. So um, did you and, design the robot then? Like, um, I, I had uh, someone who specializes in designing robots and mechanical things. Uh, it's another Japanese artist that I work with sometimes. I had him do the design for the robot and uh, Pepper used that design to great effect. Yeah, no, that is that it, it, it was so cool. I was like, man, this has a little taste of everything in it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've said the oh, this preview, especially the the first sort of chapter of this is trying to be a little bit of an art flex to mm -hmm. be like, look, this is the kind of style. This is the kind of detail that we're going for. I hope you can appreciate like this is what it will look like. Mm hmm. So right here is just a little explanation about Pepper being a trained manga artist and a native Japanese speaker and that you've chosen to draw the book as a traditional manga with uh, right to left reading order and sound effects in Japanese. Yep. And for authenticity purposes for now, unless we decide otherwise, we're, we're putting subtitles on the, um, the Japanese sound effects and mm -hmm. we may replace some if they don't look good subtitled, which is all subjective anyway. Uh, but, you know, Japanese has a surprising amount of onomatopoeia for things that we don't have in English. Yeah. yeah. And so it's a different, it's almost a different language of communicating as a visual style because mm -hmm. having the sound effect for staring, having the sound effect for head turning, um, it, it adds something to where yeah, you right, right know here. the action that's happening. Uh, and this is like how the wind is howling. So what what, what does this say right here? Do you, uh, how are you able to? And what about right here same yeah this so this is one big sound effect that just goes oh it goes through okay i i gotcha so it's kind of just uh symbolizing that the wind's blowing yeah which we can maybe do in english we were talking about can we replace that and have it snake through the same way i don't and know i see and that's the that's the trouble i the only thing i could think about would like maybe throw like like small like lines that would symbolize like a, a breeze because i don't think like having that in english would look you know like when you think about it like that that would take away from the beauty of the letters and the, right. and the symbols yeah yeah and this is a challenge because like i can read that now and it just says go like it's just an o <laughs> sound that keeps going but um this is this sort of highlights like ah but that looks really nice and cool yeah. and integrated into the page uh so we'll find a way to to translate those in a useful you know how way. it is with dramatic winds and cool coats yeah <laughs> <laughs> so right here uh we've been hard at work for over a year so we have a good head start and around half of the volume is in various stages of completion all the scripts have already been written and we expect this volume to be around 300 pages of story content with your support we'll be able to finish the volume at a quicker pace and cover printing costs and right here is a little breakdown of the crew so if you want to go ahead and take the wheel again you can start uh breaking down uh the members of your team yeah. Yep. So first off is me, uh, creator, writer, publisher. Uh, I'm black American writer, engineer, swordsman, and pretty good ramen cook. Like I make ramen from scratch. Um, <laughs> I also ferment miso in my backyard, but that's the whole thing. Uh, so I've been the driving force behind the project from the beginning, and I've so far self-funded its production, including the previous three graphic novel volumes of Rapture Burgers and the animation. Mm -hmm. uh, Additionally, I continue to pitch Rapture Burgers and other projects as animated series to various networks. 
then we have Pepper, who is the illustrator or manga artist. And Pepper is a non-binary Japanese illustrator and manga artist living in Nara Prefecture, Japan. They have been active as a professional artist for five years, working as a manga assistant for, ah, that's a typo, for more than half of that time. Uh, Pepper has experience creating illustrations for companies, as well as taking commissions uh, for manga and illustration work from individuals. I should revise that. Uh, no, and then, hey, see, that, that's why going through this, you know, sometimes it helps you guys too. Yeah, we read this so many times and I had like three different people help me and none of them, anyway. Um, <laughs> and then we have, um, I'll, I'll go from the left, uh, Mimi, who is our uh, current manga assistant. And Mimi is a non-binary Franco-Moroccan artist living in the U.S. who joined the, the, the project as an assistant to Pepper. While Rapture Burgers is Mimi's first long-term manga project, she's quickly learning the intricacies of the manga sort of art style. Mm -hmm. uh, then we have Adam. Uh, Adam has been a crucial creator on the team since day one and acts as co-writer along with me, Chris. Um, and then we have Rachel, who acts as a visual consultant and immoral support. And uh, Rachel is a professional art director and production designer for film and television. After multiple projects in historical fantasy and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, she, speciali so cool. she specializes in multiverses, time travel, and magical realism. Uh, she has created, she has co-created several animated projects with Chris that that the pair are pitching together. That's so cool. Yeah, Rachel actually worked on Multiverse of Madness and No Way Home and Shang-Chi. Um, and it's um there's some interesting stories that come from those yeah yeah that that is that oh man that is so cool so right here are some of the rewards i to look at our rewards include a simple digital copy of the book two choices of physical release format and a lot of goodies on the side we also have a couple of secret menu items that include things like meeting with a team a custom illustrator or is that supposed to say illustration ah illustration eh, from, from pepper me. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and exclusive apparel. And don't forget to check out our add-ons where you can become a background character in the manga itself or get an, excuse me, an advice session with someone on the team. Our bonus materials will include mini-comics, additional art, and a retrospective of the journey making the series. And yep. then uh, designs for things like posters, uh, patches, shirts, hats are all pending and will be updated as we work through them. Our team has experience making, designing print comics, posters, apparel, and various other physical goods on top of all the other things. Rachel is a professional graphic designer. And then I'll leave you with the final words before we start diving into some of the tiers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you for taking the time to read through our campaign. Uh, help, us support, help support a diverse crew of independent creators by backing our project, even if it's only $1. If nothing else, you'll have our eternal gratitude. Uh, backers will also get access to work in progress content and other behind the scenes updates. All right, and then let's take a look at some of these tiers too. So first thing up is the digital copy. You can get a digital copy of the finished volume when it's ready. Your choice of English, Japanese, or French language for $10. So that was really cool that you were able to have this translated in the Japanese and French. Uh, you know, did you have any help uh, with Pepper from that or did you have to go to a translator? Uh, for Japanese, um, I, my Japanese teacher slash tutor uh, is also an interpreter and helped translate the scripts into oh, Japanese. Oh, that is so awesome. Um, and from there, we're going to polish it up with probably Pepper directly because, you know, writing for manga is different from just translating into Japanese. Because um, uh, there's there's like, um, they have slang too, right? The way yeah, they, they say slang. the words. Yeah. And, and so there's stuff like that where it's like, we'll polish it up and we'll make it more natural. 
Uh, and then Mimi, uh, current Mimi, who's on as an assistant, speaks French, of course. Oh. Um, so they'll be able to help us. Um, those two will be able to help us translate. But then, yeah, for double checking, like, I have other native speakers who can check. I may also pay outside translators to help. But I gotcha. Because we have native speakers on our team, I was like, yeah, why not use know. them? Yeah. Yeah, why not? And then uh, for uh, 15 or more, the deluxe digital edition, you'll not only get the d digital copy, but the extra special version with extra art, bonus comment, comics, and ramblings from the writer. Yeah, and some of those bonus <laughs> comics are like, um, we're doing some of the four panel little gag strips about the process of making this mm -hmm. and uh, like cultural differences that we ran into while making it. Like, oh, that's cool. American high schools don't have shoe lockers. That's that was a thing that we ran into because Pepper just drew like shoe lockers at the front of school. It's like we don't we don't have yeah. Them. What what are those? Like yeah, we don't like. <laughs> uh, do, do they walk around in their socks? Uh, no, they have indoor shoes that they switch into in Japan. We don't have those either. Well, I guess uh, for gyms we do. They says don't don't have muddy shoes and stuff. But not never for a school. That is that yeah. they. But they are so much. I like. I don't know how to word this. They their routines are so much more like. Clean, clean, cleanlier. Yeah, it feels like you know, know what I mean. Don't wear your dirty shoes inside, right? It yeah, yeah. Sense. They 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 want you to keep the floors clean, which I can have a lot of. You know, I tell my kids all the time, keep the keep the shoes out. You know, keep them at the door, yeah. taking that mud in. Yeah, and there's <laughs> other little cultural things that we run into of like you honestly working with uh, and and interacting with people from other countries on the regular. You start to learn like, oh, that's just American stuff, huh? Okay, you have a different outlook. You have a different perspective, different experience. Um, you you really you really you really learned that America just running around saying I'm America. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, oh wait, no, you're wildly different. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we're gonna make comments <laughs> about that, and you know, um, I'm gonna do introductory text. I'm gonna do like little stories as well. So a lot of cool. bonus stuff. Uh, for fifteen dollars more, you're gonna get the physical edition, so you'll get a physical paperback book that includes the bonus materials inside of it. Uh, yep, and that's just for the simple like. You'll get a softback version and mm -hmm. we integrate all the, the extra bonus materials in it. And that's it. That's all you need. For uh, 10 bucks more at $40, you're going to get do the deluxe physical edition, which is going to get you volume one physically and digitally. You'll get the digital bonus materials, a poster set, as well as stickers. And do you have so do you have any of the poster sets or stickers to show off right now? Uh, not right now, because probably we'll draw some original exclusive yeah. things for the posters. Um, I don't want to just say like, well, we use some of that cover art that we have. We'll I can always appreciate when when uh, teams like go out of their way to make exclusive stuff for like the posters and stuff. So that's really cool. Yeah, similar with the stickers, like we're going to draw some exclusive stuff that will be for stickers. Mm -hmm. All right. So for 60 or more, you're going to get the, the hardcover edition, which is going to be uh, just a hardcover copy with the bonus materials inside this, uh, the book as well. Is this going to include the poster set and stickers, too? Or is this just the, for the, the no, hardcover this, edition? This is for just a simple hardcover edition, which was kind of requested by like two people. I was like, all right. Yeah. Hey, it, it, and they got it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> So uh, for Pledge 65 or more, you're going to get the Pepper special. Are you a fan of our artist Pepper? Do you want a commissioned illustration of your uh, original character or a character of your choosing? So uh, this will get you volume one digitally plus a single character illustration for 65. Yeah, and this is for the, like, Pepper has thousands of followers and it's for those folks who are mm -hmm. like, you know, I don't like need a physical copy or I would check it out. But, you know, I'm really a fan of the artist. And so, yeah, like, yeah. okay, well, if you want a drawing of your character, this is the one for you. 
and then pledge 150 or more the super deluxe edition so this is going to yeah. be a limited edition hardback cover of the book along with the previous rewards you'll also get a random doodle from pepper inside the book and your name on our special thanks page so that's really cool she's going to draw inside or uh, they're going to draw inside the book of for uh, anyone who gets this tier yeah yeah so it'll be like on the inside like the head of a character or a little doodle or something mm -hmm. like that which I, I always like. I, I really enjoy those sort of personalization touches to just like, ah, and there's a little head of Camille inside of yeah, this Yeah, no, that is that is so cool. Um, but yeah, also the poster set, the stickers. Um, and a patch as well. One. Yeah, this includes embroidered patch set. And I actually do, I should have brought one out here with me, but I have a, a, a set of patches already made or one patch made. Do you? And um, the thing is, there's no significance to it yet if you haven't read the whole volume, but like Astrea, the organization Alex works for has an emblem that is a, um, you know, the scales of justice, except yeah. it's a sword. And on either side of the the handguard are the scales. Uh, and That's it has so cool. some stars in the background. So it's a cool emblem. And so, so you already I got have that made? Yeah, I already have patches of that made. That, do you, have you been putting on like your stuff? Yeah. Um, I did this back when we were like doing promotion for the animation. I was like, yeah, we're going to make some shirts with these patches and, and like go show off. That is so cool, though. I mean, I, I, I could only imagine having like merch of my hard work and passion finally come to light. Like that has to be such a cool feeling. Yeah, every time. And this is I, I've said before, like my idea of success. The first step is getting that physical copy of my book and like oh, mm -hmm. this is this is it. Uh, and then after that, I have to sell it. So right now we are at 500 bucks and this is secret menu number one. So get all the lower tier rewards plus an illustration of your choosing from Pepper, a custom designed Rapture Burger t-shirt and a handmade plushie of Linus. Uh, that, yeah, that is awesome. So uh, who is making the plushie? We have a friend, we have multiple friends who make props. Uh, <laughs> one of You're our friends. surrounded by like just a network of friends to have. Yeah, she's she did props for the uh, Book of Boba Fett and Mandal the new Mandalorian season, I think. Oh my god. Um this is just LA, like you meet enough people. Yeah, gonna... yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, a close friend of ours, um I I checked with her before I put this on there, like, hey, let's say I wanted to make a, a plushie of the dog character from the book. Um, you know, would you be able to do that? And she's like, Oh yeah, sure. Here's an example of the work I've done in the past. Um, so yeah, that's, that's something that I have somebody on hand who can make that. That is so cool. But Down below. Um, the, oh, go ahead. Yeah. So the illustration in this case, uh, so the special tier for $65 is a single character illustration and it's limited to 10. Uh, but this $500 or more is, it can be a more complex illustration. Mm -hmm. Uh, we just have to talk it out and figure out what it will be of. But then also the embroidered baseball cap, a t-shirt and the plushie. So we're trying to load this up to say. Yeah, yeah. So underneath this for a thousand more at 1500, we have the secret menu item number two. Get all the rewards of the previous tiers plus an hour long meeting with the whole team and talk to them about whatever you want. You'll get an exclusive Rapture Burgers employee t-shirt. That That's awesome as well in the style of a fast food restaurant with your name embroidered on it and you'll practically be part of the team. Yep. Yeah, and that's something that we'll probably do for the team members as well mm -hmm. as because uh, you know there's again Rapture Burgers exist in this universe as a fast food restaurant so of course they're going to have like a McDonald's or Burger King yeah. style shirt that is awesome yeah that is so cool and uh, the, the meeting with the team would be like especially having Rachel on having Pepper on 
and it's a talk about like do you want to know how manga is made do you mm-hmm. want like to hear about mcu stories do you like hit us with it whatever you got we'll play mahjong with you if you want and you have a back too what was your feeling when you saw someone back it uh they must really like us <laughs> <laughs> or they that, really want that shirt yeah they really want to talk to us or something i was like i mean the high the most expensive tier is the best deal by the way yeah 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 because you get it all <laughs> you, you you literally get every single thing that's awesome yeah that is so cool so we I mean, I feel like we, we pretty much broke down every part of this. Is there anything that we might have missed in this campaign? Uh, well, I missed some typos, but. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like, like I said, I told you, I, I, and I wasn't joking. We're going to go through your Kickstarter in-depthly. So I'm glad I held up to my end of the bargain on that. Let me go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go fix that as soon as we're off of this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, um, let's, let's move to the main chat. So real quick, while we're here um we just looked over it for anyone that's on the fence for backing your kickstarter what would you like to say to them directly um i mean feedback (laughs) is kind of appreciated like is there something that you would like to see that would that would like push you over the edge is there something that i didn't describe that or maybe i described it in this interview that helped but mostly to say that we have experience like i've made three books in the past mm-hmm. rachel is again a professional like graphic designer and pro- production designer so like our team is solid i think and we will absolutely finish this and we will absolutely get it made and released uh so i hope there's some trust in our team that like we'll do it um, that it's I'll, you know you're the first person that's ever like because i've asked that question a lot you know i've done this is my 71st interview um 71st why that sounds so weird uh but it's <laughs> and um i always ask that question you're the first person to be like well what can we change to make it better like i love that so much because after every single interview i always ask post uh interview questions like how how can i make my interview better so i yeah. like when you said that that resonated with me so hard i love that well and the thing is the the in the video i scroll through the page and it's wildly different from the page yeah, that i landed yeah, the, on the intro as well uh, the little part of it, you call him a bumbling yeah. idiot and you change right. that as well and uh some of that just came from reading kickstarter guidelines checking other things and just revising it a little bit little bit little bit and then revising a lot because i was like what art looks best to represent this what mm-hmm. art will get people to be drawn to it um, should I like I and I was like I shouldn't rehash all the stuff in the video because that's why the video is there. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm not to say that I'm constantly updating because I stopped updating it, but I am looking for like what's the formula that people are looking for that gets them to latch onto it. Yeah, so, yeah and you know I think I think that's like the secret for everybody, right? Like everybody right. wants that little like how, how how to do it and. I'm th- honestly, I think the only way to do it is just to do it and see what's worked best. Like, how, this is a—is this your first Kickstarter? My first Kickstarter. Everything else was like I would just go physically and carnival bark at people and sell them books. Yeah, I mean, for your first Kickstarter, you in in just a short amount of days were able to hit a goal that a lot of people, you know, with their second and third were, you know, th- that's their goal is three to four thousand. So, like, yeah. I would say for your first one, you're killing it right now. And I realized also that I was like. I looked at others, some of them go for $2,000, some of them go for $5,000 as their goal. And I was like, I understand that, set your goal low, you can reach it very quickly and hope for like going over. Um, And I could do a budget breakdown, but honestly, basically all of the money is going towards Pepper and printing books. That's 100%. 
if it's not going towards making the things for the campaign, it's going directly to pay Pepper to, to increase our pace. Mm -hmm. And so I, I came up with the number that it won't cover the, the cost of actually drawing the book, but it'll supplement the cost that I'm paying out of pocket yeah. uh, to help us speed up. Yeah, because so. Pe Pepper de definitely has the experience. So you like, I, I can only imagine, you know, uh, uh, something of that Excalibur has to come with a price. Yeah, and yeah, we we've negotiated. We're like monthly. T we sort of have a monthly deal, which mm -hmm. is the way it worked out best. But um, yeah, it's you know, I can only pay so much out of my own pocket because it comes out of my own pocket. I have a house to pay for. I have swords to pay for. Swords uh, to pay for, yeah, no, dude. Oh no, no, I stopped buying swords. All right, I, I have enough. I have like <laughs> seven or eight swords floating around here. Uh, <laughs> you're not supposed to sword fight, but you're prepared. Come yeah, on, well, you got they're one. all from Japan, and I'm trying not to be a collector. I'm really trying not to be a collector. It's hard. It's hard though, because you get a, you see another cool one, you're like, you know, this price yeah, is right. Like, and for me, I've gotten to a technical point with swords where I can look at a description online and go. It's this why along the back, um, it has maybe this blade profile. It, the length is this much. I think it would be good for these things. Do I have a use for it? Or in some minor cases, hmm, a 35-inch sword is definitely too long and unwieldy, but it's real pretty, and I would hang it, it on It looks cool as hell. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, anyway, this is a tangent about swords but um, <laughs> yeah we're um we're really the the kickstarter is also to help us out with um uh like that encouragement of seeing people want to support you right mm -hmm. because uh i can make things in a vacuum forever like i can just work with my team and make stuff and crank it out but it's really not if you build it they will come because like if you dump something on the internet nobody cares because they don't know who you are right yeah they don't know who you are they don't know how to get to it so it's recognizing that Kickstarter is also a very good marketing platform mm -hmm. and that doing a campaign is marketing and trying to draw eyes to it. And so I have ads running on Facebook, ads running on Twitter sometimes. And of course, I'm like retweeting and interacting with people um, just to like raise the awareness. And so, you know, that's ultimately the goal is like, I want to know that there are people waiting for it or yeah, that they're yeah. interested in it, you know? Hey, well, I definitely appreciate you coming on here, breaking down Rapture Burgers, breaking down uh, not only that, but the Kickstarter and everything in between. I had such an awesome, awesome time reading the preview. You can check out the preview for free from the Kickstarter or on Global Comics as well. Chris, uh, before we end things, I want to ask you one more question. And this is like my favorite question of all, because let's face it, there's a lot of people that watch this because they love comics and manga and webtoons. But there's also indie comic creators that watch this because they want to, you know, get some tools for themselves, try to get some info that might help them along the way. So for anyone that's watching and they're struggling to kind of get their own idea off the ground or they're they're working through revisions and they're getting stuck and they don't know, you know, how to push through, what type of advice would you give them to kind of give them that motivation to just work through that barrier? My go-to advice has become, don't ask permission to tell your story. Ooh. Uh, because we all get caught up on that. I'm going to submit to a publisher. Mm -hmm. A publisher will pick me up. A manager will pick me up. That's my goal. I'm just making this for a submission packet. And then everything will be great. And I'm like, maybe. But, you know, for me, I just started to say, even with the animation stuff, like, you know what? I'm not going to sit around and wait for somebody to give me permission to make the story that I want to tell. So I started to just find my ways to be able to tell the story. And if it's not an animation, 
like I really like manga and let's do that. And even the original graphic novel, it was like, in my mind, it's all animated, but mm -hmm. animation is expensive. And yeah, <laughs> you know, it's finding, and then what I'm animating and throwing it into the void. So it's being able to adapt and adjust and find the medium that works, but more than anything, just tell your story. And uh, the way I write is uh, I can't force myself to write. Mm -hmm. So I can't say I'm going to sit down for eight hours and I'm going to write. Um, I, I basically have to ride the feeling of uh, I'm having shower thoughts. Like I'm having a shower and I'm like working through the story. So I'm like always writing. My mind is mm -hmm. always working on the story, but I'm not necessarily typing it in until I'm like, oh, that's a really good idea. Let me grab my phone, punch, punch. Yeah, punch. yeah. Um, and so I, that's generally how I write. And then uh, I like to write drafts very fast. Um, I don't worry about dialogue. I put placeholder dialogue all the time and I just crank out the I'm aiming for a framework um, so I try to write out the framework of the story that I'm going to tell hit the, the important points and this might be after I do an outline and uh, to me it's much easier to just revise something that already exists so if I write a super rough draft uh, I'll go back and like well that dialogue sucks or that has no dialogue mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I'll spend hours just like cranking away on dialogue um, so for me, it's an iterative process and that, that's the best way to think about writing for me. Cause I also write code because I work in tech and that's an iterative process. Okay. We have, yeah. We have the cool. idea of like an, uh, MVP, which is minimum viable product or, um, like a proof of concepts. And so that's the way I think is I'm going to write the most basic functional version of this and then mm -hmm. revise it and revise it and revise it. No, that is really cool. That, yeah, that, that's a that's a really cool process as well. I really appreciate you kind of breaking that down too because that's been a little bit more of a unique answer than uh, I'm used to hearing. So I always, that's why I always ask because I love hearing the different perspectives. But with that being said, guys, it is time for us to wrap things up. Chris, thank you so much for coming on here once again and breaking rap, uh, Rapture Burgers with us and everything in between and everyone on uh, that's watching Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, here is the Kickstarter link. Be sure to get on there, check it out. If you don't have the money to back, check out the preview and share the preview. Share the preview. You know, your friends might like this, family might like it. Uh, you know, you're, you'd be surprised. So if you can't back it, you know, spreading the words free, right? Yeah, I really appreciate any shares, any attention you can give it. I, I'm only one person, you know. I, I can't yeah. do so much. Yeah, you know, uh, it's 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 absolutely free just to help spread the word. So with that being said, guys. Have a fantastic Thursday, but most importantly, keep it geekly.